And so we're going to welcome a lady amongst our husbands, not with us this morning. They were my first pastors in a Pentecostal church in Plymouth. And I listened to Josie's husband, Pat, preach. And we've just come out of another denomination. And for the first time in my life, here was a man who was actually believed what he preached. And he preached it with enthusiasm. And he meant it. And it so impacted me. I'd never heard, I'd never, well, I'd been in good meetings over the years, but I've never heard anyone with that kind of conviction before. It so impacted me. And they started me on a journey. And then they moved uh, after so many years to Malta and planted a church in Malta in a Catholic country. And God blessed it. We, we went over for the opening of it. Several of us from this church went over for the opening of it. And it was a privilege to be there. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to welcome Josie amongst us this morning. Oh, man, thank you. Thanks for a great introduction. Thank you. Amen. Oh, bless God. The presence of the Lord is here. You know, so, something unique is happening all over the place to many groups of churches. And we started going to a new church called the Rock Church. And we've been in a transition because we moved from Malta in Janu the middle of January back to the Midlands. And we've been in Malta for 20 years. Amen. But there's a church of 100 and a Maltese pastor and his wife doing a fantastic job. And they served us for seven years. And the last three of those seven years, we were saying, come on, take the realm, take the leadership. <laughs> it was another three years. But they took it, you know, at the right time. And then it still wasn't our time to go. So we just relaxed in the church and we said to the pastor, we, you know, it was wonderful. We just changed roles. The, the, uh, from, we went from pastors to elders and they went from elders to pastors. And it was beautiful. And we've had a lovely friendship with them and we had a, a blessed family when we started, there was Maltese only in the church and, and about four or five English. Yeah. And as the, we started with five, actually. But then God sent us. Never think you've mistaken God's voice when he speaks to you. And I said, Lord... Why on earth are you giving us a heart for the nations and sending us to this small island of Malta? When we left, there's 16 nation, different nationalities Amen. in the church. We've had Africans, Indians, Chinese, Philippines, people from Brazil or the Northern Europe, the Italians... The Italians use our church now to have the church in their own language. There's an Indian group who love our services. They love the worship, but they sometimes find English difficult. And the English 
in the main services is only translated into Maltese. And, and so they have a group. So there's an Indian church uses the building as well. So they can, you know, sometimes they come and join us and sometimes they, they like to listen. Uh, uh, they like to, to uh, listen to the preaching in their own language. But God is on the move. Up in the rock church where we are, God brought us like in a circle back to, to Birmingham where we'd been for 13 years before we went to Malta. And we thought, wow, God's taken us to finalize ministry. You know, he's, he's completing the circle. And the couple that have started this satellite church used to be with us in another church there. And we used to teach together for several years. Isn't that wonderful? And now we're back with them and they're our pastors. Isn't it great? And they call us mum and dad, but they're our pastors. And, they, and, you know, they get us to preach maybe once every couple of months. And, and you know, we mum and dad in people as well and <laughs> what have you. But the glory is here. Oh man, I want to speak, and I don't want to waste time, but, I, but I, it's nice. I know some of you'd want, like to fill the gaps and know where we've come from. And, and uh, you know, it touches my heart when I see God's people, and, and like Rob and Wendy and others that we've known here for years, still going strong. Yeah. Hey, Terry. Yeah. Still going strong. Going. Amen. Going. Satan doesn't stand a chance when you keep going strong. Do you know that? And I want to talk about the glory in Exodus 33:18. Says then Moses said, "Show me your glory." Oh, I tell you, something happened to me when I was, um, you know, we we were. Married with kids, and we went to America to, to preach in some churches there when our children, I think Darren was nine. And the home that we were staying in, the wife said, she said, I want you to come and meet an old Pentecostal Christian lady. And she said, Josie, you have to meet her. She's experienced even seeing the glory yeah, cloud. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, the glory cloud? My grandmother's experienced that. Yeah. They told me about it. I've never experienced seeing the glory cloud. I want to tell you this morning, it's not just for the sake of seeing it. It's what God wants you yeah. to do. Yeah. When he reveals more of himself to you. And I've seen the glory cloud several times. Amen. Amen. And it's not a regular thing. Don't get that impression. And it was a fearful thing. In the Old Testament, they, whoa. You know, when Moses called God to the mountain... And he gave him instructions for the Israelites. And, you know, when you're leaders, it's not an easy task, is it? <laughs> no, no. And, uh, and sometimes you get 
they are the ones that rebel. But Moses had got a multitude of people and there were hundreds of them in a group at a time that would be rebellious. And, uh, and each one of us has to walk, watch our walk in God. And so we're going to look this morning at the glory in the Old Testament and into the New. But we've, I think the last time, if I remember right, I saw the glory cloud was in our second second building that we got in Malta. And we were having a prayer meeting. And I want to tell you this because I want you to get a desire in your heart. You know, not it's not about just seeing Jesus, seeing angels, seeing the glory cloud, but I want you to get a thirst and a hunger after God and after his glory. And I believe, you know, if you keep going this way, the way that this church is going, see in the Rock Church, we we not in our own place yet, we hire a room in our, our hotel. So I tell you what happens in our church. We they have a prayer group. We're up to about a hundred now, and about thirty people come to pray at half past nine till ten o'clock. And they go at the front of the church to one side and we Stand in a circle, those that can stand, those that need to sit, sit. And we start to pray. And I tell you, God's touching my life afresh. He's pouring out on me, both Pat and myself. We've been in tears so many times, even in our home, you know, because the transition has been so smooth. We're amazed at how quickly we've settled God has met our every need. We had to leave uh, all our furniture in Malta because it was too, we knew it were, we wanted to downsize and it would be too big. We were in a flat, but it was a big three-bedroom flat in Malta, wasn't it? Big, even the hallway was, was huge, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and, but we wanted to die, downsize, and Pat said, come on. He said, you know, you don't want so much cleaning. And, um, but God, oh, he's the all-sufficient one. A friend of ours back in the church who comes from Sierra Leone, she said, Josie, well, she never calls me Josie. She, she's either Pastor Josie or Mama. And it's something about respecting your elders. And I love that the Africans do that so well. And, and when you respect your elders, your elders will respect you. Amen. Amen. And especially pastors too. And she said, my home is open for you and Pastor Pat to come and stay. And we've got a little cocker spaniel. And she said, and the dog too. She said, you can come. If you sell and you've nowhere to go, she said, come. You don't want to be spending money when you've got to buy again in England. She said, you come and stay with me. And she looked after me 
you know, like a loving daughter. Lovely. It's beautiful. Lovely. And then the pastors of the Rock Church, Pastor Anne and Orville, they said to the church, could anybody put, please put that all over? The first place he saw, that's the one we've got. It, and he went to see a few more. It took about three weeks, but then he thought, no, this is the one. And wasn't I brave letting him choose? <laughs> and when, when uh, then he came back sort of before Christmas for a few weeks and stayed with, with, with us in Malta, and then the guy that had the home in England, he said, don't wait until they say it's fine and you've got the keys. He said, bring your wife back and your dog when you like, and they can stay here too. This is God's favor. Yes, this is God's favor. We felt like heaven had opened and poor blessings, blessings, blessings. And he really has. And he knows something, it's not stopped. God is wonderful. He is no man's debtor. And the same Jesus that died and rose again can live in you if he doesn't already live in you. And he wants his glory to shine upon you. You see, in the, new, in the Old Testament, Moses went up the mountain and God gave him instructions. And he said, tell the Israelites, tell them to keep away and put a perimeter. They can't come any closer to the mountain like that or they will die. We have to be careful how we approach God. I know this is the New Testament age we're living in now, but we still have to bring our reverence. He's still a holy God. Amen. His holiness has not changed. He's still the ancient of days. And God said, Moses, only you can come up and you can bring Aaron with you. But he said, no one else can come up. And you know, that mountain, I'm not reading so many scriptures because I just want to, to get in there. I want God to do what he wants to do amongst you all this morning because he's told me he's got stuff to do, okay? And, and so, you know, the mountain shook violently and... And then they heard this trumpet sound. And the people shook. Have you ever shook with the presence of God? You know, because they pray in the, we pray in the, in the church where it's like in the sanctuary, although it's a hotel room. Do you know, week after week, the anointing is increasing. You have to respect the Spirit of God, Amen. and the, respect the Spirit of God that comes into this place. Amen. Do you know what happens? It may have been used for all kinds of secular stuff in the week, but when we walk into that hotel room, it's a big room. It's maybe a lot bigger than this. It's a big, God's give us big, uh, a lot of space. And when you walk in, even when the prayer's not started, there's a few people just waiting for it to start, you know. But you feel the presence. Amen. You feel the presence and you don't want to disturb 
the presence of the living God. And he comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. That's how we feel God. God couldn't come in his presence. We would burn up in this mortal bodies of ours. We can only take so much of his glory. But he comes in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we start to pray. And the anointing comes. We start to walk around the church. And when people come, they, there's refreshments at the back. But you know, there's that presence there. And people don't shout. They may talk a little bit, have a little bit of fellowship. But you know, they come and sit down and it starts, the service starts at half ten. <laughs> Sometimes people are guilty of bringing an odd coffee, still finishing it off because they've been talking too much, especially like me. <laughs> but you know, then the worship starts. Oh, hallelujah. But already, you see, when we worship and when we pray, we are building up an altar for the living God, for his presence to come. In that glory. And in, in our second building, we were having a prayer meeting. I was going to tell you about the glory cloud. And we were praying. We brought encouragement. We were praying. And we were stood near the front. Maybe a, back then, there may have been about only 40 of us or something like that. And we were praying. And... Uh, Suddenly, you know, the presence of God came. And those, some, some were on the knees. And, and I, I was walking, you know, to, to maybe sit or kneel. And Pastor Joe was near me. And both suddenly, he was on his back that way. I was on my back <laughs> that way. No catchers. And there's no carpets in Malta. They're wooden floors. But... In our place, we said, let's have a carpet. <laughs> you know? And the presence came. And people come and knelt at the front. They knelt there or stood or... Nobody could stand, actually. They either knelt or sat. And it was that kind of atmosphere. When you just can't stand, you have to sit or kneel in God's presence. And then my husband, he said, he said, can anybody see anything different? And somebody said, have we got new chairs? <laughs> he said, no, no. And, and then he said, I can see a cloud of God's glory at the back of the church. And, and, I, and I became jealous. I'd seen it before a few times, but I couldn't see it that night. Isn't that amazing? You know, when God brings these manifestations and, uh, of his presence, it, it's like with miracles. Some will get a miracle, others won't. Some see it, some don't. And then, and then so we were on our knees, and then a little bit later on, he said, it's come here now. It's all over us. Oh, we're there, you know. And then 
And then he said, it's come all over the platform and it's changed color. He says, can anybody else see that? And a lady said, yes, she said, it's blue. You know what blue stands for? It's the heavenly color. Hey, I, I tell you, I've, I've, you know, in my experience, God has been so good to me. Yeah. I, I've seen, I've had a vision of Jesus three times. Three times. I can't even believe it myself. Some people have never seen him once. And that, but I've never seen his face. Only vaguely. You know, you kind of get the beard and the hair. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's it. But you see, these things are for a purpose. Yeah. And the lady actually said, yes, yeah, she said it was blue, you know, and, and, um, and my husband said, and then I was really jealous. <laughs> I said, I've seen the glory cloud, but I have never seen the color. I've never seen it change color. It's always been a whitey kind of color. And, and uh, God manifests to us sometimes. And why does he do it? You know, when he came to light in, in that way to mold, to, to to, Malta, to Moses, it was because Moses had got a big job with yeah. these rebellious people. He'd yeah. got to change things. And to experience the glory, there is a cost. Yeah. We must yeah. be obedient yes. to God, right? It, it, these things don't happen without a cost. There must be a desire to seek God and be obedient to him. Amen. There must be a cleansing process. God can only use clean vessels. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and down the years, I've been on the potter's wheel many, many yeah, times. You know, and you get molded and moved around and pushed about and different shapes and on the potter's wheel because God wants you and me to look beautiful. Amen. And we're all a work in process, yeah. you know? We're all a work in process. So obedience. And we all need the anointing, yeah. the infilling, the empowering of the Holy Amen. Spirit because we cannot do much of anything for God without the empowering, right? Oh, glory to God. Yeah. And that as the closer that we get, and we're very close to Jesus coming again. Yeah. And Isaiah 60 talks about the glory in verse 1 and 2. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Amen. Amen. Who wants it on me, huh? on you? You want the glory. But there's a cost. But even if you find it difficult, God will help you to be willing. Just stay willing, all right? And let him have his way in your life. There's no other way to go through this world. 
with this turmoil, con turmoil, confusion, chaos, sin, darkness, just like in Isaiah. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But sometimes God sends the clouds. He sends the darkness. He sends the clouds to protect his people like the Israelites as they traveled. Cloud by day protected them from the sun, eh? Amen. Fire by night. Amen. Glory. You need the, we need the fire. <laughs> we, don't have the, we can't have the glory without the fire. The fire of God refines and cleanses. Oh, glory to God. Sometimes you hear these, these um, you know, the glorious church. We hear these and, and they can be just phrases. And we hear from God and we know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the church. Ever since God created mankind, he wanted to be with us. He wanted to be with you. God wants fellowship with you. Wherever you're at today, God wants to be with you. And you can be his temple. You know, they, he commanded the Israelites to build the tabernacle, didn't he? Moses, he had all the details, fine details. It talks about the anointing oil. And, and there was different anointing oils. And in the scriptures, if you read through Exodus, it's fascinating. It's not boring, you know, because without the Old Testament, the New Testament, we wouldn't hardly understand half as well. And he, he gave the, 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 you know, what the oils and whatever had to go in the anointing oil. God, how God is a God of details. Yeah. Aren't you glad that? Yeah. He knows every little concern you have, as well as the big ones, because he's a God of details. And that anointing oil, and some of that anointing oil, it could be used for no other use. Some of it was poured out. It was a fragrant. And, and God said to them, don't you dare make this because you love the smell of it and use it for anything else. This, one of the, one of the anointing oils, he said, this is the holy anointing oil. Oh, hallelujah. He says, I am the God of your father. To Moses, he said in Exodus 3, 6, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And this was before Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. And it at this, it says that Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Yet God, Moses had known there was a holy presence there because when he came to investigate the fire that was in the wilderness in the bush, it says he, he heard the voice of God come and the voice said to him what? Take off your 
shoes, for this is holy ground. Holy ground. Watch your conversation when you come to church. Guard your lips. Speak of good things. Because this is where the glory comes. This is where the presence of God comes. In this place. It may only be, okay, a building. <laughs> you know? But God inhabits the praises of his people. What lovely worship. God bless your heart today. That was a word of the Lord. You know, God, he's saying to you, I will do a new thing. And as they were worshiping this morning, and you could almost hear an army. It was right, you could hear. And I'm saying, God, gather your army. Gather your army, Lord, for battle. It says in, in I think it, was it in Isaiah, um, or it might have been in Chronicles, but God's people were going into battle and they felt outnumbered. That happened on many occasions. And suddenly there's a set, they said, there's a sound of a going in the mulberry bushes. And the heavenly hosts had come to help them win the battle. <laughs> there's a sound of going in this. What are we, North Plymouth Community Center, or has it changed? Worship Center, sorry. Worship, oh, that's better. Yeah, that's it. How could I, how could I get that bit wrong? North Community Worship Center. This is it. This is the place to be. God's brought you here today because this is the place you have to be. And God wants to do work among his people. I'm out of time already. <laughs> and God got, Moses got a shock when, when God in a personal, a personal way introduced himself of who he really was. The God, as I've just said, the God of Abraham, God of Moses, God of Jacob, God of, the fa of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. I'll get it right in a moment. <laughs> so there's a reason today that we need to be continually filled with the power of God and that reason is because people need help. And you don't know when you're going to meet someone that really needs help. So every time you leave your house, did you know that you're supposed to be filled with the glory of God? You're supposed to be filled with his presence. When you leave your home, it doesn't matter whether you're going to work, you're going to sports, you're going to shop. Go with an anointing. Amen. Carry the glory. Amen. Who wants to be glory carrier? Yeah. Hey, now we're a bit further on. You're seeing it may be a bit more difficult, may have a cost to it, but we, we want to be glory carriers. You see, when I was a youngster, I suddenly realized I couldn't, I couldn't go to heaven just because my parents are Christians. And when you're brought up in a Christian home, sometimes you, 
you know, you get taken to church so many times and you're bored. Don't be bored. Get right and get in the way. Don't just go to church because your mum and dad make you, (laughs) you know, and you don't say no. But And don't come begrudgingly, but come to church to seek God for yourself. And you'll never regret it. Receive him into your life today. I, uh, the the uh, lovely, godly man that received us willingly and has blessed us so much. And he still drives us to church down the motorway <laughs> most weeks. When it's the prayer meeting, because now we have a car, we take him because his eyes are not good in, in the, at night time. But you know, he had a Pentecostal mum. And, and he had a sister that went to church with his mum. And he went, but then he kind of didn't want to go. He got rebellious. And he was in his 50s before he really gave his life to the Lord. How sad is that? But now he's a man of 80 who truly wants all that he can from God, who wants to give God all that he's got. He's told us many times with tears running down his face. It's like he wants to make up for lost time. But in a way he knows that's impossible. And he will, he will, say, he will say, God has told me to look after you too. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't it wonderful? And he said, if only I'd have done this. Years ago, he, he will say with tears in his eyes, he said, I was such a fool. And he said, I've spent my whole life making money. And he said, I don't even need it. I've got everything I need. And he said, I've spent and wasted my whole life just making money. Yes, I had a wife, I had a son, I was hardly there for them. But it, I was making He said, my wife wanted money too. And he said, you too. And then he starts crying and we start crying. He said, you too have given. You too have given your life into serving God and doing what you can for the kingdom. And some of you here, you've given your lives for God. And you'll never quit because you can't never, once God calls you and he's put his hand upon you, you can never leave that calling. So forget about thinking one day I'll retire. (laughs) We're, We're in a park home and it's beautiful. And there's about 50-odd homes in a circle around us, field where the deer come in behind us. It's absolutely beautiful. It's peaceful. It's like being on holiday. The people that live there are wonderful. They're helping one another. You know, and, and uh, 
some of them may be believers. Some of them may be a little, need a bit of help just to become a believer. Because yeah. they're really lovely people. Yeah, yeah. And they do what they can to help one another. Do you know, we, they've come and helped us do different things. You know, and, and they bless us. And you see, once you give your life to God, the blessings run after you. Yeah. And they catch up with you. And they overtake you. And it doesn't matter that you go through hard times, does it? Does it? You know, but God, he's still with you. And he still blesses you. And he can even give that miracle, the miracles today of healing touches over his people. Because once you belong to the Lord, you're on a road from glory to glory. And it talks, and just say this, and then we, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> I could probably carry on for another half hour, but I won't, you know. But he takes us from glory to glory. But you know what it says about God's Shekinah glory? And God's Shekinah glory was on Mount Sinai. You know, and God's Shekinah glory turned up. And I thought the other day, Lord, what, sh what does Shekinah mean? Some of you students might know. Does anybody know what Shekinah means? Oh, I only found out. And oh, I've been getting into Ezekiel. If you want to, re I was going to try and preach them both, but I can't. So I'll have to come back. <laughs> but Ezekiel, he was having a vision of heaven and he was feebly trying to describe what he was seeing. But the Shekinah it was a Hebrew word that some rabbis probably added later, you know, and they, they described God's glory as Shekinah which means dwelling. So Shekinah glory means dwelling of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Where is tabernacle? Where, where is Shekinah? Whoa. Oh. Oh. Can, can we even say that? Can we even? Because we can because of the New Testament. Jesus, it says, his glory was greater than the latter. <laughs> the glory of Jesus. Oh, God created us for his good pleasure. You know, the, the New Testament, Paul called Jesus in 1 Corinthians 2.8, the Lord of glory. He says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Lord of glory died for you so that you could give your life fully to him and have salvation and live. Not just live now, but we start our eternity when we receive Jesus and our life is transformed. If your life's not transformed, 
You need to give your life to Jesus. You've not been fully saved. And Jesus never half saves anyone. He changes our lives completely from glory to glory. In the ministry of the Lord Jesus, the glory far past the glory of the Old Testament. And I'm going to read this. It, I, uh, um, before I read it, I'll read just this, just to, to let you get a, another glimpse and another stir in your hearts and lives today. Ezekiel 1, and I just read verse 25, but you can read it yourself at home. In fact, you can read the whole book of Ezekiel and you'll say, what on earth does that mean? And if I come again, God willing, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, but, and that's not because I'm being a big head, <laughs> but I've been studying it and I've been seeing things in Ezekiel that I didn't even know before, like the Shekinah glory. Okay, so it, it says, Ezekiel 1.25, Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood and lowered their wings. And it's beautiful how Ezekiel, he describes the cherubim. The cherubim are the angels that stand around God's throne. Did you know that? They're the angels of grace. But sometimes they come in judgment. And, and they were, God was going to send them in judgment because of the sin and rebellious people, the Israelites. And it's no good saying, oh, those Israelites, because we're all as bad at times, aren't we? You know? And so God had to come and, uh, you know, send those angels down. And, uh, and he actually described in those verses to Ezekiel what Ezekiel had got to do. So this is why Ezekiel was having this vision uh, of these beautiful angels and it said there was eyes all around them, etc. And, and it's, it's all got a meaning to it. But, um, but it was because Ezekiel had got a very, very difficult task ahead of him. But then we come, you know, to the New Testament. And I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 3, verses 7 to 11. And, um, and then 15 to 18. So 2 Corinthians 3, 7 to 11, it says, Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, so that was when God's glory came and the commandments, that was God's first covenant with his people. And it said, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was, meaning it wasn't there forever, it would come and go. And um, I used, to, I used to, to wonder, why can't I always stay in the anointing? And, and I pondered it for a long, long time. And, uh, and I kept thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful to always stay in the anointing? And then I suddenly realized, you only need the anointing when God wants you to do something. 
<laughs> but it might even be witnessing to someone at work. And you can be talking to them about the Lord Jesus and you feel that sense of the anointing, don't you, all over you. You, feel, you know it's not you. You just seem to be saying all the right words. <laughs> and, and when the anointing comes over us, he helps us to lean into him and do the right thing. And so in verse 8 it says, so will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation, sometimes it does, was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glory has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. Verse 11, And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? And then verse 15 to 18, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. I mean, and that's the same when God's word is read, sometimes a veil covers people's hearts. Isn't it hard sometimes when you're trying to tell people about Jesus and they don't want to know? It's like they've got a, a veil around their hearts. But you know, keep loving them yeah. and keep praying for them yeah. in the name of Jesus and those veils will be removed. Yeah. It says, but when Ever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with everlasting glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And Christ himself prophesied his glory would be revealed to all mankind. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want us all to stand. Is that all right, Pastor Rob? And, you know, some of you may not have experienced God's glory before. You may not have experienced it before, right? And, and hopefully I've put a desire and a hunger in your hearts today. And you're going to say, God, I'm going to pray. I want to see your glory cloud. I, and, and we can pray that we will, that you will see God's glory cloud in this place. Amen. Uh, but it's, these things are not just signs for sensations. They're signs to us so that we can go and get on with the work of God. And what I'm going to do, if you want God's glory or more of God's glory, I want you to remain standing. But if you honestly and truthfully and, and, and no condemnation, if you think I'm not there yet, you can... You, you can sit down, it's okay. All right, no condemnation. And if the time's moving and you have to go home, that's fine too. Is that all right? Oh, okay. So you're all still stood. 
Amen. I don't know quite how I'm going to do this. But I want to lay hands on you. I do. I really feel that strongly. I think, why don't we go from Daryl and, and, and do all this block and just, if we can have the pulpit removed, is this anointing oil? May I use this? Bless your hearts. I was your, your pastor one day, but you're my pastor now I'm in here. <laughs> Oop. <laughs> you caught me out there. <laughs> so, uh, and the worshippers. I will pray for you after. The worshippers. And no, let me pray for you first. And then you can go up and, and give us some lovely worship. All right, is that is is that good? Okay then. Come on worshipers first.